Today was quite the ordeal. Busy day? Busy day. Um, uh-huh. You know, when a ugh, phone, I had to get a new phone, so I'm mm-hmm. still trying to make peace with this phone. Um, so. <laughs> this may look like a car, uh-huh. but it's what not is a that? car. Sorry. No, just never mind. You continue your story. I'm just oh. going to stop. I'm going to stop touching things. Okay, so again, me, this is the second time we've restarted because I touched something (laughs) and things just went haywire. So I was like, okay, let me not touch anything on this phone. And um, yeah, so that was that. And also, I was going to say, like, you know, getting ready every, you know, Thursday to tape and we're all, you know, well, depending on our day, you know, the time may be different. Today is mm-hmm. one of those days. I didn't get home till like super late. Mm-hmm. Um busy day. But um and I'm just like, oh, okay, this thing, this thing, you know, that we've decided that we're gonna do and that mm-hmm. I actually like doing, but you know, it's like an obligation now. Like we like, you know, have to sure. plan and get ready for it. So when I hear our little theme song, I get so excited and happy. So I know. Like, Yay, another week. At first I'm like, oh, God, I'm not ready. Then I'm just like, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Go I love our us. little theme song. Go us. I love our little yes. theme song. It is just a little, it's a little lift. And I have to, um, it, there's been many times where we've had to, like, um, start and um, and you'll you'll say you know we need to start over because the um, the music was um, skipping or whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, my true confession is that on each of those occasions, it's because I was dancing along. Okay, because it does every <laughs> time. Like it, it, it will do it like pretty much every time. So I don't say anything most times unless it's like really, really bad. So now I know. So sit your behind still for thirty seconds. I need I you did. to. This, today I was totally still. <laughs> okay, if you say so. I, don't I know. was. That was totally good. I was like, I'm not gonna dance to the music. Okay, but yeah, I just like have like a big old <laughs> smile on my face. I'm just like, yay! I love our little song. Yeah. So yes. Um, yeah, so mm-hmm. I'm Kristen. Oh, yes, <laughs> and I'm Andrea, and this and, is Wait. Uh, hey, hey, <laughs> it's Wait. Hey, it's hey, hey hold up. Wait a minute. Hey, hold on one second here. <laughs> that's what that's the new name of the show. Hey, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> wait one minute. Wait one red minute. Um, if this is wait, tell, tell me everything. everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. We just so cannot close. get together. <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, the funny thing is like, I was talking to Bestie today and uh-huh. like, there's, you know, all this stuff going on that I will have to tell you offline because 
we just can't talk about it on the podcast. But um, she was telling me, and I was like, okay, I'm going to do, I was like, wait, tell me everything. (laughs) (laughs) I literally said it. I was like, okay, I need to know everything right now. What's happening? Tell me all the stuff. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's really basically where the name comes from. So, indeed. So, mm -hmm. So good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. More more good good stuff. stuff. More than stuff. Oh God, I I have to. I think my hoops and yo-yo are still in storage. So, well, you gotta get them out of storage. Don't do I hoops am, and yo-yo like that. I Mine am. are in my uh, cupboard at work. So they yeah, sit on my they're little usually shelf. in my. I have a on my desk. I used to have my hoops and yo-yo, mm-hmm. and then I would also. I also had like a teddy bear, like a man and a woman, like businessman and businesswoman. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> What? I love that. It's it so random. It a is. little business couple. Yeah, a bear business, business couple. A bear business couple. <laughs> that is really but random. I can't remember why I got it. I think I do, but I was like, I'm not sure. But it was a long, long time ago. And I was like, this is so stupid. I never wear like a little skirt like that, a little blazer like that. I was like, I would never dress like that. And who is this random bear man? Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know who this little bear man is, but yeah, oh, those... whatever that little whatever little skirt suit the little lady bear got on got her a little bear man's on. I man. know. Okay, <laughs> got her a little bear. Yeah, it was so random. We had a little bear couple, and I would that always forget that I had it. Yeah, I can't. Remember. I ordered it from somewhere. Somebody was doing something. I think. Anyway, so crazy. It's, it's somewhere in my work. Somewhere, work some of those bears. Mm-hmm. Those bears some well. Okay. <laughs> oh, all right. Yeah, so what's in the news? What's the hap, Jack? What's the haps? Okay, so as usual, I have two stories. One of them is, def- I think, more longer and more involved. So I'm going to start with the one that's um, shorter and more straightforward. Um, and so um, as um, you are aware, and so is... Um, most of the nation. Um, Former First Lady Barbara Bush passed away this week at age 92. Mm-hmm. And uh, people from both sides of the aisle have come together um, over the last day and, um, to just, you know, mourn, her, mourn the loss. Um, Barbara's husband, former President George H.W. Bush, issued a statement explaining that, quote, he always knew Barbara was the most beloved woman in the world and that the response from everyone is, quote, lifting us all up. Um, so it's just been, uh, lots of very, like, um, you know, various articles and, um, tributes to her. And so I kind of just collected like just a handful of facts that to me just stand out, especially in terms of, um, who she was as a, as a woman and kind of, um, uh, as these, um, um, octogenarians and, um, you know, um, this whole generation of um, folks start passing away. It really is an end of an era in so many ways. Mm-hmm. And I'm, which is true of any generation, but I think this generation is really um, stands out. Um, and and um, for Barbara and George H.W. Bush, um, at the time of her passing, they were married 73 years, mm. uh, which is, again, I feel like something that's, um, soon mm-hmm. to be unheard of, you know, <laughs> like mm-hmm. people 
marry and divorce so um, quickly and easily uh, mm-hmm. in, in modern days um, or marry so late in life too, you know, that you're mm-hmm. not going to get to 73 years if you started at 35, you know, <laughs> or whatever. Oh, uh, or, yeah. Or 45. <laughs> 45. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or whatever. Um, you know, so just the longevity, but just even the idea of the longevity of a marriage that is actually, um, you know, just a, a full and whole lifetime in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and she told um, the, um, the story in a, an interview um, years ago that um, she, uh, you know, that she considered herself like, you know, fairly, you know, kind of square, sort of like, you know, not the life of the party and, you know, not like um, more of a wallflower than, you know, the girl that stands out or whatever. Um, and that um, she, you know, she, and she said, you know, she's like, I married the man, the, I married the man who I, is the first man I've ever kissed. Yeah. Um, and um, so she's like, if that's not a bore, I don't know what it is <laughs> or something like that. She was very like, had this like self-deprecating humor, which was really sweet, I thought. Mm-hmm. And um, and they got um, she, you know, she met George when um, she was sixteen and he was seventeen, mm-hmm. and then um, they courted for a while. They, and he went off to war, and it was on leave from um, World War Two that um, that they actually got married. Um, and from a historical perspective, she's only the second woman in U.S. history to be both a mom to one uh, president um, and the wife to another. Mm-hmm. Um, Can you name the first one? Oh, I knew you were going to ask me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know you know. I know you know. You know I know you know. Oh, you're such a smarty pants. <laughs> okay, it doesn't matter, but go on. Who is it, Kristen? Abigail Adams. Thank you. Okay. So, <laughs> anyhow, uh, so a little bit of, tri- his, you know, uh, U.S. history trivia, uh, trivia there. Um, but just, you know, um, so many things that I think are, to me, like, important and endearing and um, and that I think are just, you know, just being lost in, in sort of our modern, our more modern world. Um, so, um, George... W. Bush um, explained that he's at peace with his mother's passing. He said, I'm at peace with what took place. And the reason why is my mother was at peace for, for what took place. And then he mm-hmm. added um, some classic Bush family humor. He said, the day before she died, I said, Mom, I just want you to know you've been a fabulous mother and I love you dearly. And she said, I want you to know that you're my favorite son on the phone. <laughs> so... Um, and then he also told a story about how his mother had um, at, was at a doctor's visit toward the end of her life. Mm-hmm. And um, Barbara asked the doctor, she says to the doctor, do you want to know why George turned out the way he turned out? The doctor looked perplexed and she said, because I drank and smoked while I was pregnant with him. <laughs> so she just had this like quirky sense of humor. And one of the other articles that I read that I thought was really um just again, just kind of like she was this very like classy lady who was very um, proud of her um, her like her role in public life that was most 
um, concerned with her role as a mom and as a wife and as now, you know, a grandmother to many grandchildren. Um, she was very much the matriarch of her family and like just kind of this classy lady in so many ways. And but also, um, you know, one of the things that was said about her, you know, the night before she passed away was that she was, you know, up talking with friends and having a bourbon. And yeah. I was like, man, that's the way that's to go. my that's the way to go. That's my kind of lady. <laughs> like, you know, just yeah, uh, she been, really went out on her own terms. I've been meaning to go on um, Instagram to see if um, Jenna had said anything, because I like to see like, you know, they wrote that book. Yeah, Jenna and Barbara a little while ago, and they yes. had a whole like little Instagram thing, that, not Instagram, like little video that they did, and they would talk about her. And they called her the Enforcer, right? Uh huh. Yeah. So yeah. I always thought that was really funny because yeah, like, you know, even when um W was running for office and all kind of thing, they were always like, she is like the you know kind of like runs the family, like she is like uh-huh. the matriarch or whatever, like the strong kind of. Um, one and, and she's a Pierce, right? So she has that. She's of, a Pierce. They yeah. have. Um, she's one of the few um, left, also of this era of uh, people in political life who have that strong East Coast family connection. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pierces um, have that pedigree of being able to trace all the way back to the Mayflower, mm-hmm. um, and so um, so there's that. And actually, Jenna um, wrote wrote a letter to her and read it on the Today Show, you know, because Jenna works for, right? She, you know, so um, she, um, so they gave her space on the Today Show, I think this morning, um, okay. to read her letter to her Ganny, and it was really sweet, you should watch it for sure, it's a sweet little segment, um, really touching, definitely a tearjerker, and, um, and she tells the story of how, um, Jenna tells a story about her and her sister, who's named after Barbara, mm-hmm. um, how her and Barbara had snuck down to the White House um, bowling alley, mm-hmm. um, when they, which they were not allowed to be down there by themselves. And what, the, once they got down there, they ordered peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. <laughs> and... <laughs> And Barbara Bush. If I was ad- a kid, I would absolutely do that. Totally. They were like seven and yes. nine, I think, or something. Like, they were like, you know, so, I mean, it's classic. Like, what do you do as a kid? You know, like. Our grandparents have the ma- coolest house. Yeah, our parents have, yeah, our grandparents have the coolest house. There's people here that, like, you know, as far as we're concerned, are here to serve us because mm-hmm. we're kids, you know. Um, and um, and somehow um, Barbara Bush, you know, First Lady Barbara Bush got wind of it. And, like, went down there and, like, <laughs> gave them, like, the full-on, like, read them the riot act. Was like, this is not a hotel. You are not, <laughs> you know, like, this is, you know, you know, and how, like, but she, you know, so she told the story, but basically commenting on how, like, she used that as opportunity to teach them about humility and teach them about grace and teach them about, you know, like what your role as a public servant is actually supposed to be and, mm-hmm. you know, and all these things. So just, yeah, just like a real grandmother and a real mom and, and a wife who, you know, um, you know, took that role really seriously. And I'm sure, you know, just the ins and outs of, um, of public life, um, you know, she, there was, there's so many things that I've read and heard over the past days of just how, how she, you know, um, coming in after the Reagans, um, how there was always this, you know, the comparison between her and Nancy Reagan, how they're two very different women, mm-hmm. um, 
you know, very different, like aesthetically, very different. Mm-hmm. Um, like Nancy Reagan was much more of an introvert, whereas Barbara Bush was much more of an outgoing extrovert, you know, mm-hmm. like like kind of like, you know, being in the public, but also was very clear that her role as or for her, her role as the first lady was to not overshadow her husband, to mm-hmm. not be super vocal about what she thought, you know, and um, that 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 was his arena because that it was his role that he had run for office for, that he was the one that was the elected official, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, but, you know, again, just like sweet little like just funny, like lots of sweet little funny stories about her and how like when she first became first lady after uh, um, um, George H.W. was first elected. She made a, I I don't know if she made a comment in an interview or wrote this down somewhere, but it was basically like, um, I understand that there are like many, um, um, I think she said like pudgy, pink face, white haired women across the nation who are tickled pink or something like that. (laughs) You know, so I mean, she was, again, just kind of like this like sweet self deprecating, you know, but not like in an uncomfortable way, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyhow, it's just the passing of a great lady. And I think someone who is symbolic of, um, uh, you know, an age and an era that's, um, I think for worse coming to an end. So, um, so yeah, so rest in peace, um, Barbara Bush and thoughts and prayers for the Bush family as they, um, you know, move forward into this season of, of grieving, um, the loss of their matriarch. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. Like I said, despite any of your <sighs> political beliefs or what you felt about the Bushes, HW or W or anything, you know, this is a woman who was a wife, a mother, you know, dedicated her life, most of her family's life to public service. Mm-hmm. Um, she was extremely vocal um, when she didn't have to be during the whole Trump um, race. So mm-hmm. I thought that was like a really um, uh-huh. a good thing. Like all of them were pretty vocal about that. So uh-huh. um yeah, so yeah, so uh-huh. peace to the Bush, you know, and his family who's like you said, mourning the loss of their matriarch, their mom, yeah. grandmother, great grandmother. Yep. Yeah. yeah. All right. Mm-hmm. Um so that was my first story. Again, mm-hmm. um it's a pretty straightforward. Um the second story is basically just what everyone's been talking about for over a week now, or actually uh, exactly a week now um which is um starbucks okay um so Mm. and again another thing that i've like read a million articles about (laughs) watched a gazillion clips on and that's the thing i haven't i've read like a little bit and i like when it happened i was so like immersed in something else that Mm -hmm. i was just like Okay, whatever. Like, I guess I'm like I'm no longer like outraged when these kind of things happen because they happen all the time. So, but go on. Yeah. So I think I have kind of run the gamut on like my reactions and feelings to this, and um, and because of that, like I've been sort of in like information gathering mode, um, because I like to feel like okay, I'm having like lots of reactions to this, but I really want to know, like, get centered on like, okay, what is what is the act what is actually happening? And what am I actually responding to, you know? Um, So, um, 
just you know um by way of review <laughs> in case you've just been under like really under a rock for okay that that's me i've been the last seven days mm-hmm. so yeah let's just bring everyone up to speed um uh th- there were two men were arrested um and this is um um, the article from um, The Root, um, two men arrested, um, basically, as The Root puts it, for merely existing in a Philadelphia Starbucks. Right. And um, they spoke out today um, on um, Good Morning America about mm-hmm. their ordeal and how it left them in fear for their lives and how they were forced to interact with the police over what was essentially a non-issue. Um, so the... Um, there was, you know, uh, from a CNN article, there's, you know, obviously outrage over the arrest of these two men. Um, at the, it was a Philadelphia Starbucks. And essentially what takes place, and it's, um, it's really the, the account that the, the men uh, that has now come out um, since the guys have been interviewed and the timing of it all makes it even worse. So what happens is you have two black men who come into the Philadelphia, this Philadelphia location of Starbucks, they um, walk in and they told Good Morning America that they arrived at the store at around 4.35 p.m. Mm -hmm. They were there 10 minutes early for a 4.45 p.m. meeting with a local businessman by the name of Andrew Yaffe. Um, And so um, basically... um, one of the men uh, goes up to ask for, you know, how all Starbucks have like the coded bathroom door, you know, with the keypad. No, um, not all of the ones out here don't. Okay. Well, I, I guess in big cities, like in big cities. New York and stuff, they do. Yeah. Oh, okay. uh, yeah. So I guess I am only, yeah. So for the most part, like in big cities, Starbucks door, the bathroom door, you can't just walk in. You have to have the code. So what you do is you go over to the bar area and, um, you know, ask for the code. They give you the code. You go to the bathroom. That's pretty much all. <laughs> that's typically the interaction. Um, but when he goes up to, says you know um because he's um that they're not allowed to use the restroom because he isn't a paying customer they hadn't ordered anything so Mm -hmm. at that point and uh this is dante robinson is um the first guy he says he um i'm sorry nelson is the one who had asked to use the bathroom he shrugged it off and his business partner dante robinson um were then approached and asked if they needed help um Mm -hmm. So, again, neither of them had orange anything. So they informed the staff that asks, asked them this question um, that they were just waiting to have a business meeting. And it says mere minutes after they had taken their seat, they saw the police walking in and toward them. So what's crazy is that they said that they figured that they had arrived around 435 for this 445 meeting. The um, 9-11 call is placed at 437. Um, so, I mean, that when that came out, it even kind of like reignited the fire of everything. Because you said a 911 call. A 911 call goes this out wasn't two minutes. was an emergency. Right. Okay. Um, yeah. So, and, um, and on the 911 call, there's, the tape has also been out, um, 
from the 911 call and basically you hear the manager calling it's a woman and she's saying um these that there are two men who are refusing to leave and refusing to um order anything now according to their account of it like that, that, that just none of that what none of these things have happened and why you're calling 911 about this as though mm-hmm. again as though there's an emergency um there's just so many problems, so many problems. Um, so the 911 call is placed. Uh, very few minutes later, again, you're in the se- it's like a ci- city center of Philadelphia, it seems like. Mm-hmm. You know, so you have um, uh, bicycle cops walk in, a couple of other cops. Next thing you, so the people in the store, the rest of the customers in the store are watching this go down. And so the reason that we know about this is because of one woman who had a great vantage point and, you know, got her phone out and started videotaping the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And she's, her video um, basically starts as, um, as the police are approaching them and the men um, do not resist arrest at all. They look super confused about how the situation is, is turning out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they completely comply. And Nelson said today uh, on the, on the, on Good Morning America, he said, when you, know what you, when you know that you did nothing wrong, how do you really react to it? You can either be ignorant or you can show some type of sophistication and act like you have class. That was the choice that we had. Um, so Nelson and his friend Dante go back all the way to fourth grade. Um, they were, um, you know, and, and so, and they were in the middle of, they were there for this business meeting for this, like they're entrepreneurs. And so we were, uh, what Robinson, Dante Robinson says is we were there for a real reason, a real deal that we were working on. We put in a lot of time, energy, effort. We were at a moment that could have had a positive, positive impact on a whole ladder of people, lives, families. So I was like, no, you're not stopping that right now. Um, and then Nelson even acknowledged wondering if he would be able to make it out alive of this, make it out of the situation alive, saying, anytime I'm encountered, I'm encountered by cops, I can honestly say it's a thought that runs through my mind. You never know what's going to happen. And that's the thing. And that's why I get so angry about like right. these next door people in yes. this area calling um, the cops because they see a person walking down their own street or any manner of mm-hmm. time they get afraid because you know there's just a, they have a fear of black people yeah um just because they do that like they don't understand that you know these interactions can be deadly like you can because someone is walking on your street someone is sitting in a starbucks minding their own business like most people do in starbucks Mm-hmm. And this could end up someone losing their life over something so ridiculous as I'm just waiting in a Starbucks to have mm-hmm. a meal. like these college educated people. Right. Exactly. So it's so that that is, you know, to me, thank God that that's not what happened here. What already happened is so unjust and so awful. But it's so easy to imagine a scenario in which it would have escalated into something a lot worse mm-hmm. um, and a lot it's more just tragic. Like multiple cops were coming. Oh yeah, and there and when you you know you've, if you see the video, like just in the store alone, there's like five or six cops um, for these two guys who are like there, not with, resisting, like, 
yeah, not resisting with like their messenger bag in like sweats and like <laughs> I mean like they you these two dudes are like so like unassuming too like you're not even mm-hmm. talking about like it's just it's there's nothing there's no way in which this was justifiable. Um, it turns out so they get arrested. Um, the men spent hours in jail, only being released after midnight because the district attorney refused to prosecute them for trespassing. That's essentially what they were arrested for was trespassing, which is like, how do you trespass at a Starbucks, like at a public in a public place mm-hmm. that you just like walked into for all less than again, if the timeline is as they say it was, they were there for all of two minutes before right. the call was placed. Yeah, um, so they didn't have time. Yeah, like, so that's not really loitering. And I know, like, I've been in, you know, people who go to Starbucks, I've been in a Starbucks, and I'm meeting someone. And, like, once they get there, we're going to order. But I'm, like, waiting, especially if you're the people, uh-huh. if you're the person, like, meeting someone, and you're kind of, like, requesting the meeting, you're going to wait for the person to get there, like, get their, you know, whatever. And, you know what I mean? Like, sure. So it, it's not out of the ordinary. And also, like, the whole, like, I know, like, that Starbucks or some Starbucks have the rule that you know you have to order something blah 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 but I've told you stories about the Starbucks Mm -hmm. here Mm -hmm. and how it's basically people rarely order anything people come with their own food right (laughs) yeah that's literally bring out their Tupperware or food from McDonald's or somewhere else it's like eat in the starbucks and no one cares they're like right whatever like everyone's right. working like i'm working like i'll like get a yogurt or something but i'm there for like hours hours and like well, i might yeah. buy one or two things but i'm just like it's crazy yeah yeah it's crazy so the whole situation is i mean it's just it's completely you know racial profiling and mm-hmm. this woman re- responding just to the presence of these two black men. Yeah. And, you know, and, and, and you hear the thing that's so compelling about the video is that as they're, as they're being handcuffed, the guy, the white guy that they're meeting with, Andrew Yaffe walks in and he's like, what is going on? And mm-hmm. he has an exchange with one of the officers um, and says to him, what's happening? Why are they, why are these men being arrested? And the guy, the officer, like, you don't really hear his response or like, you know, what he says. And he's like, yeah, but what have they done? Like, and the, and the guy says to the officer, what are, are they they're, So they're just being arrested for being black in Starbucks. And the officer says sarcastically back to him. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's why we're arresting them. But like, that yeah. is why you're arresting him. But like, again, like he, he wasn't giving him a better answer. <laughs> like he wasn't like giving him like a, we're here because da, 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 da. you know, like there was no like real explanation from him either. So it was, so it's so, and, and the girl who's videoing it is saying to the, the guy who's asking the question, like what's happening? Why are they being arrested? And she's talking, you know, back to him while she's still filming. She's saying nothing happened. I've been sitting here this whole time. They've done nothing. There's no reason for them to be arrested. I don't understand why they, you know, like she's talking. Yeah, and I've seen some of her posts. She's like, yeah, a lot of people are saying, oh, there must be more to the story. Yeah. She's like, no, there's nothing, there's nothing more to this story. Like, right. nothing else yeah. Like, yeah. So thank anything. God for all these, for her and for, you know, all the, for the video and for all these other people um, that, you know, for the guy who can't, you know, the, who was meeting them, you know, all these people have been standing up and saying like, no, like there's, literally nothing else that happened here people keep wanting there to be some additional reason or some you know oh they're 
the whole story hasn't come out. This is really actually the whole story. And this sort of thing happens often enough um, to where, um, you know, it's not like you're the only one that's surprised. And that's yeah. one of the things. Go ahead. No, I was just like, and this is the thing that like just like makes me so mad because we don't get the benefit of the doubt. There has to be more right. to the story. And like, and I just think back to like the couple that killed those their foster children and themselves like Mm -hmm. for the longest time even though all the evidence pointed to the fact that they killed themselves and the children like everyone's like well what you know we we don't have any evidence that they did this or you know that you know like they kept getting the benefit of the doubt even when everything all the evidence Mm -hmm. pointed that nope they did it right yeah we never get the benefit of the doubt and that's kind of like the there's always something else, you know, we've mm-hmm. caused our own death you know, or we've right. caused any problems that come our way. It's our fault. It's, yeah, exactly. And that's one of the things that Nelson asked the string of questions, um, you know, in his interview. Um, and one of the things he says is, you know, um, regarding these sorts of situations is, you know, how do you handle it? Do you stand up? Do you fight? Do you sit down and just watch everyone else fight for you? Do you let it slide? Like we let every, everything else slide when it comes to injustice you know so these are the questions that you know I think are really relevant and so since then the men have met with Starbucks CEO Kevin Johnson to discuss what happened both men say that they're looking for long-lasting and impactful results um, including the posting in stores of a customer bill of rights the adoption of new policies regarding customer ejections racial profiling and racial discrimination and independent investigations of complaints of profiling or discrimination for customers and and employees and um robinson noted that while he appreciates the public support there needs to be a different type of action other than anger or boycotting starbucks What he said is, we need a different type of action, not words. It's a time to pay attention and understand what's really going on. We do want a seat at a table. I want to make sure that this situation doesn't happen again. What I want is for young men to not be traumatized by this, but instead be motivated and inspired. Um, So this isn't like a Starbucks thing. Like like they have a, because like Starbucks in terms of their like leadership is pretty diverse. Right. And that's what so that those um, that was all from their Good Morning America interview and um, the Root article. The CNN article talks about um, how, you know, um, that how the outrage over these arrests um, um, at the Philadelphia Starbucks wounded the reputation of one of the most progressive companies in America. And so um, and, and so in response to this. Um, Starbucks has a bold plan to make things right or to move in the right direction. It says it's going to close 8,000 stores for one afternoon, May 29th, to have employee training on racial bias. Communication experts praise it as a blueprint for how companies can handle public firestorms. This was an exceptional response, says Joe Lockhart, who's the former press secretary for Bill Clinton and an NFL spokesman. They didn't try to sweep it under the rug. Uh, many companies, organizations, and politicians become paralyzed during a crisis, but Starbucks is using this as an opportunity to affirm its values. The arrest last Thursday ignited protests, calls for boycotts, and threatened to weaken Starbucks carefully crafted as a standard bearer of corporate social activism and an inviting place for workers and coffee drinkers. Um, and so it goes on to talk about how um, 
under founder and former um, chief executive Howard Schultz, Starbucks took progressive stances on divisive social issues, everything from DACA to the travel ban to um, being um, last year being a company that set uh, plans on hiring 10,000 refugees over the next five years. Mm -hmm. Um, Starbucks has already waded into a race as well after the riots in Ferguson, Missouri during the summer of 2014. Schultz opened a store there in Ferguson. The company was criticized for trying too hard to talk about race with its 2015 hashtag race together campaign, um, mm-hmm. where it encouraged baristas to write the phrase on cups to start conversations about race. Remember that? Yeah, um, people were up in arms about that. People were up in arms about that. It's sort of like, okay, then, you know, like you can't have it both ways, you know? And so this, like they're, they're interested in having these conversations. They're interested in sort of like, you know, delving into the fold, if you will, you know? Um, honestly i'm like they don't have to they don't have to like they're fine they are super successful there's not only is there starbucks like everywhere but like here in la like there's starbucks literally like catacorner from each other like literally catacorner from each other um a lot of neighborhoods old job like there were three starbucks within three blocks Right, like, because they want the ketchup coming and going, like, it's literally, like, and and it's convenient. So, um, and uh, Robert Pasikoff, who's the founder and president of BrandKey, says, you know, one of the legs of the brand was the experience. They basically said, we're a place for our community to socialize. Um, And and when you look at their, um, their corporate setup um, of the 14 uh, senior people who are in senior leadership positions at Starbucks, um, out of 14, um, five of them are women, five five of them are are minorities. And so Mm -hmm. you have a company that is, you have a situation here where the company is not actually the problem. Um, and that's, yeah, you can't help the people that you employ. Like, there are people, there are problem people right. in every organization. In every organization. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Mm. So my final piece on this, I know I have like a gazillion articles on this, but I, 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 this, is, this is me whittling down to like three out of like a gazillion. Mm-hmm. Um, from Slate.com, it talks about how uh, this racial bias training that they're doing is more than just good PR. Um, and so... Um, let me get to some of the highlights of this article. Um, it, it says it's easy to dismiss this action as a PR stunt, as a way of throwing a bone to the protesters who were rightly infuriated by the company's treatment of two black men in Philadelphia. But in fact, this education is critical to the continued future of Starbucks as a company. Starbucks isn't really in the coffee business. We've known that for over a decade. Um, it says, um, you know, it says like McDonald's coffee is often better and cheaper than Starbucks, but that hasn't done any harm to the coffee shop's bottom line. That's because what people are paying for when they hang out at a Starbucks isn't the coffee. Instead, it's the quote unquote third space, that place that's neither home nor office where you can sit down, meet people, work, rest a minute, recharge. And it turns out to be much easier to give that space away for free with expensive coffee than it would be to try to charge for that space and time directly. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically it talks about just this idea that, you know, um, Starbucks business model is built around this, you know, community, like coming together to socialize thing, like that that is the point of it. And that, um, that so, it isn't just that 
they um, their uh, bottom line is going to be affected by this. But their you know their whole model is built on on this working that people come and feel welcome. And so mm-hmm. this Slate article is really interesting because it talks about um, how that business model needs to rely on strongly shared social norms. The company can absolutely cope with some people just coming in to wait for a friend or go to the bathroom, even if they don't buy anything. It doesn't mean, it doesn't need rules to prevent that. It just needs that behavior to not be too common. That's where social cues come in. The same cues that make it difficult to enter an austere high-end art gallery or keep posh hotel lobbies surprisingly empty, even in a very crowded district. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it goes into this whole idea of, you know, what places do to get the results that they want. So the difference between why you wouldn't feel comfortable just going in and like sitting in the lobby of like the Ritz-Carlton, <laughs> you know, and like... Right you know, as opposed to, you know, expecting that you can do that at Starbucks without any trouble. And it says the job of a Starbucks manager then is to constantly be aware of social interactions in the store and to try to keep it as welcoming as possible to as many people as possible, while at the same time not being too welcoming to people who aren't going to spend any money. The manager will inevitably sometimes become the de facto enforcer of the social norms. If everybody else in the store is angry and resentful at the person who's taken up a huge table for hours without ordering anything, talking loudly on the phone the whole time, then ultimately it's up to the manager to talk to that person and resolve the situation to general satisfaction. It's not an easy job, and the wide range of discretion that the manager has in such situations is exactly the kind of place where racism can fester. In Philadelphia, the store manager's actions were so unjustifiable and obviously racist that far from resolving a bad situation to make customers happier, she created a bad situation, which made her customers Mm -hmm. furious to the point that they took out their phones and vocally objected to what was going on. If any manager feels empowered to act in such a manner, that's reason alone for a CEO to call in all hands and try to right the ship. So I mm-hmm. thought that this was a very insightful article because I felt, I think I've had, like, I, I wasn't, like, sure, like, how I felt initially about their, the course that they're taking, you know, like, closing all the stores for, uh, for a day and having this training. But I think that the context that this article puts it in and talking about the business model and talking about this idea of how much breadth the, um, a manager has and the level of discretion that you need in order to figure mm-hmm. out like what that looks like and what, what it should look like and what it shouldn't look like is really important. Um, and in a way it's, um, you know, they've, whatever interaction they had with this particular manager that caused this issue, um, she's no longer with the company. Um, so whether that means, you know, they gave her the option to like gracefully bow out or they fired her, you know, they, the comp- they've declined to save from like an HR perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but in a way, it's like she this like it's, it's, it's in a way for me, I feel like it's a, this is a great training. And that's she's the one who needs it, even if she mm-hmm. doesn't continue with Starbucks. You know what I mean? Like, because she's if she's a manager, someone who's in a manager role, like that's kind of. You know, I don't know if that's her greatest aspiration or if she's moving on to something else in life. But regardless, like, if she were to stay in, like, the customer service realm in any way, she needs this training. Um, 
And um, and so in a way, it's a shame that she's not going to be there for the very thing that, if, if anything else, will be a carryover to any type of further managerial work or customer service oriented work. Um, but um, yeah, so I um, and, and the other thing that I thought was really telling is the only other time that Starbucks has ever closed down all its stores all at once for like an all like all employee training um, mm-hmm was several years ago when they um, when they brought on like I think some kind of like new um, espresso and they like did like all, all day like espresso training <laughs> um, and I just thought it's just you know it's telling you know that like these are the two things that these are the two things that they have ever shut down every single store for and forsaken the bottom line for the whole entire day across the country mm-hmm. um, one is the actual product that they sell, and now this one is going to be this this training on racial um, bias. Um, so I feel like it says the world about like who Starbucks is as an organization, what they're dedicated to, um, and um, and it's I think um, a great um, a great step I think in the right direction and a great model for other companies to look at. And really, you know, um, mm-hmm. see like that these sorts of conversations are important. Um, you know, it's um, it, it like you said, it's it's not about the company per se, as it is you you you're hiring people, and people come and they, they people come flawed. Um, so yeah, how do you, you interview? You don't know. Although mm-hmm. I will say. I think they should have fired her. She should not have gotten an opportunity to mutually agree to no longer be with the company. I thought that was, you know, and I'm sure they have their reasons or their, you know, their PR people, they're trying to like make, they're trying to make all the right moves when it comes to this situation. And sure, sure they're, you know, not going to be some that are, you know, right in my eyes or, you know, black people's eyes or whatever. But yeah, I was like, just fire her, like right mm-hmm. off. Like I would fire her just for like all this bad publicity that you said. Right, <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Like I think you know, I don't know. I feel like I, I like I have gone back and forth on this very point like a million times in the course of the last week because I was, you know, definitely like at first I was like, okay, clearly you just need to be fired just because you've got us into this mess and your ignorance got us into this mess, you know? Um, and then part of me, like I just said, like feels like, okay, but how do you, you know, like, how do you fix or how do you address that? Um, if it's, if it's an issue, like, like this article was saying, if, the, if it's left to the manager's discretion and all you have is a, you do have a black and white policy that says, you know, the bathroom right. is for pay, paying customers, I mean, like, what she did was so unjustifiable, but, like, you know, again, if there's any She could fall back on any, like, thing. And, like, I think it might be a danger, you know, they're, you know, getting sued by her. Sure. I mean, For, like, wrongful termination. It's a huge HR issue. So I think that there's a lot more to that than, you know, Mm -hmm. than just, you know, most places you have some, you know, employers have some discretion to fire at will but not necessarily you know like it's not like yeah i don't think pennsylvania is in a is it a at will i don't think it is um so but i don't i don't know 
I don't know at all. So that's she like here, you know, that could be like, yeah, you're out of here. Get out. Right. Yeah. So but I, I would be surprised if Pennsylvania is. It's a pretty liberal place. Um, in any case. Well, Philadelphia um, anyway. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Philadelphia. Um, so anyhow, those that's that's the story on Starbucks and um, the two men, um, Nelson and Dante, um, who were um, detained, arrested, um, and and the manager there. But um, I I do think that their response is um, I don't know. It gives me hope <laughs> for um, not just for Starbucks, uh, but like that they're such a huge organization taking such a very large and public step towards having the type of uh, conversations around racial bias that no one else seems to want to have. I mean, and honestly, who the public didn't even want them to have, you know, when they tried to address it themselves a while ago. So I just yeah, think, I was like, you know, shut up, Starbucks. Give us right. an espresso. <laughs> right. Free Wi-Fi. Shut exactly. your face. So now everybody wants them to talk about it. So they're talking about it. But, um, you know, I, um, I, I'm just, it, I think what was, what was it a really, really unfortunate um, encounter for these two men um, has turned into, I think, a really good conversation um, piece for a lot of people. And maybe, hopefully, um, uh, an awakening for others. And, um, and if nothing else, you know, a model for how to, how to deal with these things um, and have honest conversations about them. So okay that's my newsworthy i know it was a whole lot it sure was I'm like good grief okay but yes yeah, it's what was you know the big news this week yeah like i was like I, we can't not talk about this so let's just get it out of the way <laughs> <laughs> hilarious okay viral box so this yes. is what i saw like a couple of weeks ago and i didn't mention i forgot all about it but i was like Actually, it's almost been, like, a good month, but it's still, like, kind of circulating. Okay. And you saw the lady with the squat and squint. Have you seen this? Oh, yes. The picture the yeah, that's gone. Like, everybody keeps putting different memes on it. Yes. Yeah, so, um, it's a picture of a woman looking really closely at something with a sense of disbelief in her eyes. You know, she kind of has the glasses <laughs> on. That's true. Anyway, so her name is Kaylin Elisa. And the original post was a picture of her, and she was doing this, like, squat and pose challenge. Okay. Um, and posting it to Instagram. And uh-huh. she showed a picture of her, like, with the squat pose or whatever. Like, she was kind of low or whatever. But then when she got up, back up, she realized, um, yeah, I'm old. So her <laughs> original post on Instagram was um, that picture and it said, when your knees are crying after you squat it for the gram. And then, like, a bunch of laughing emojis. Okay, so, that's funny. Course, I didn't know that. Yeah. So, people, of course, have been, like you said, taking that picture. And some of my faves are me looking at the menu knowing damn well I'm going to get the same thing I always get. <laughs> True. True. And I was like, I went to Chick-fil-A today. Oh, no. And the lady, like, you know, they have people, like, meeting you. I got a salad. Meeting you before you even get to the menu. You could ask for a menu card. But I uh-huh. was like, I was like, God, I'm too far from the menu. I don't. And I was like, you get the same thing, same thing every, every time, time you come. You don't need to see the menu. You know what it's called? <laughs> so I was cracking up because I was 
because I was like, I do that. I was like, I don't see the menu, but I was like, you're getting the spicy Southwest salad, so just order the freaking. Sa- you know what you're getting. You know what the dressings are. Right. You know the toppings. Like, why are you? Even why, why are you? Why are you fronting? Yeah, and then one is um. Oh, that was from um. Um, John, watch Jay Ross, and then one from Unique Diva says. When a short man gets angry, so you got to get down to their level to see what the issue is. I'm like, just <laughs> that is so wrong. wrong. Just that is so wrong. Leave the oh. short men alone. They're good. This was my favorite one from Rod 18. When you see a white person in a red hat, and I'm like, yeah, you know, if you're kind of far away, you kind of see, you're like, okay, is this a person I need to like exit stage left with? You know, if I see a red hat coming my way a red know. hat the make america great again hat when you see the red hats. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh oh girl i was like wait what am i missing okay that's <laughs> funny yeah I'm sorry so that's like, hysterical yeah. yeah when you see a white person coming at you with a red hat i'm like yeah, is that what i think it is okay let me that is here. funny okay so she's loving the attention she's getting from the picture and so she went on twitter and was like you're so welcome. My goal in this is like, my goal in life. Oh Lord, is to put as many smiles on as many faces as I can before I leave this earth. This has been a treat for my soul. So she needed a little autocorrect on her little. Um, okay, that's response, but yeah, but that's the the gist of that. Oh, so, that's terrific. Yeah, so that was like funny, and it's still again, it's happened like. I remember around Easter time, so it happened late March, but it's still a thing. It's still I happening. feel like I've only really recently started noticing them, so I oh, okay. it was it was it was feeling brand new to me. So you? okay. <laughs> well great, fantastic then for you. Terrific for me. Terrific. Okay. And so a couple of things for wait, tell me everything. So okay. I actually had the biggest thing first, but I'm gonna get to that later because there's more stuff. But the first thing, which was hilarious to me, uh-huh. it just kind of a side note. Lauren Hill announced a new tour to celebrate the 20th anniversary of the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Ooh, 20 years? Yes, 20 years. Oh, That's amazing. But I'm when I. So old. Again, we're not going to discuss that. But when I saw this, <laughs> I started laughing because I'm like. Why are y'all still going to Lauren Hill concerts? And I know there's still going to be people <laughs> who are going to go. And like, be mad. Like, be, yeah, like Mark, uh, Mark Lamont Hill, who's like, you know, um, went to Morehouse. I think, I think he went to Morehouse, yeah. And he, um, you know, was like a commentator, a professor. Mm-hmm. And he was like, he put it on his social. And then he was like, okay, I'm going to go. And they're like. why are you gonna go he's like I know I'm gonna be mad I'm gonna come back and rant and rave about it afterwards but I can't not go and people are like why he's like I know I know what's gonna happen but I just can't help myself and I was like see you could not give me a free ticket to a Lauryn Hill concert in 2018 and expect me to go so I know I'm not gonna pay American dollars or any other currency to go see her. So I was like, I don't understand. And like, and it's not gonna be the Lauren Hill from nineteen 
Like, you know, it's going to be whatever she is now. And (laughs) it's going to be a remix to all the songs you love. I instead would rather just stay at home and in my car listen to those songs that I love and still listen to today. Yeah, and the way that I remember them. The the way way that that I I remember them. them, The nostalgia of that time. I remember that time very fondly. And this album was amazing. Loved it. Amazing. And so, like, still X Factor is, like, still, like, oh, my God, I love that song so much. And even the video, like, the visuals, like, beautiful. Everything. Her hair yeah. during that time, I loved it. Just like everything, wow. she was just like everything about it. She was, like, she was like, yeah, she was our black princess during that time. She was. And so, but now, um, Lauren Hill, mm. no, I would never do it. And God bless your souls for all of you that are going to support her shenanigans. Man, man, yeah, just come on. It's and it's really sad that she's got she's you know, she's established such a like poor reputation for herself mm-hmm. in terms of these performances because it if it wasn't for that, it would be a like, you know, it would be cool. Yeah, I was like, like she would know. be like all these other people coming like escape and you know, all these old school mm-hmm. people that we love because you know, now we're like older and we have funds and we'll go see you to like relive yeah. our twenties. But girl if you're not going to act right, it's not, yeah, yeah, it's not going to happen. And we're not, some people are still going to stand for it. Cause, but I was like, I'm not standing for it. No, no way. way. Okay. So to go from shenanigans and poor performances, we're now going <laughs> to go to what everyone has been talking about in terms oh, of, yes. you know what I'm going to talk about? I think so. Okay. Um, one, Beyonce, yes. Giselle Carter, yes. So Beyonce snatched everybody's wigs apparently Ooh. this past weekend. Yeah, she did. Um, at Coachella, main, you know, the main attraction, um, headliner of this past weekend, and the Beehive was pleased with her oh, HBCU yes. um, theme performance. It was awesome. Like I didn't watch the whole thing because it was like two, almost two hours long, and I was like, I watched the whole. I like kind of was like, okay, I'm gonna watch this. Okay, let me skip a little head, and I was like, okay, I have to go back and watch everything in its entirety when I have Mm -hmm. like a second to sit. But I was like, again, the beehive was pleased, and she left a lot of white folks confused. You know what? That's so funny because I was wa- I, like, I, I, I sat down, I watched the whole thing because I kept watching little snippets here and there, and I was like, you know what? No, no, no. I finally was like, I, I found a link that had the entire performance. I watched it from beginning to end, and the whole time I was like, there are so and you know, and you could tell when they panned the audience. There are so many confused white folks, and it just was cracking me up because I was like. Y'all don't even know what you're looking at. Like, that is funny to me. It was hilarious. So, um, one lady, Alicia, or maybe Alicia, you know, I, I don't know, Addison, uh, Addison <laughs> Prophet, Black Culture. Uh-huh. Um, and Beyonce's mom posted, like, what she said. So, she said, she took us to Wakanda Church, an HBCU classic, 
Battle of the Bands, The Ultimate Probate Step Show, and more. She had an orchestra, a full band, a drum line, a choir, and a bazillion dancers. She is the first black female to headline Coachella, and she killed it. The name has officially been changed to Baychella. That stage will never be the same. It was magical. So that kind of just, like, summed up, like, everything. Yeah. So I was just... It really was magical. I was like... Beyonce, and then like even when like the beginning when they came out, I was like, those are like the songs that you like when you are at a black college game or you're watching a classic. These are what bands do, and so it was just like awesome. So um, yeah, there's also um, an Instagram post by her mom, Miss Tina. Um, and so she said I told Beyonce that I was afraid that the predominantly white audience at Coachella would be confused (laughs) by all of the black culture and the black college culture because it was something that they might not get her brave response to me made me feel a bit selfish and ashamed she said I have worked very hard to get to the point where I have a true voice and at this point in my life, in my career, I have a responsibility to do what's best for the world and not what is most popular. She said that her hope is that after the show, young people would research this culture and see how cool it is. And young people, black and white, would listen to Lift Every Voice and Sing and see how amazing the words are for all of us and bridge the gap. She also hopes that it would encourage young kids to enroll in our amazing historically black colleges and universities. I stand corrected. So that was the post her yep. mom. And she also gave a donation to four uh, for a scholarship at four historically black colleges after the performance too. Yeah, I saw that. And I definitely, like, I mean, there was, I definitely had those same questions in my head. Of not so much like, I, I don't care whether people, you know, reacted or had some whatever. It was more so like, I bet people were so confused. Even when she sang the Black National Anthem, I was sort of like. There are people who have never heard like, this before. I was like, yeah, like, I was like, how, what is the percentage of people in this audience who actually know what she's singing mm-hmm. right now? Like, who, who know what that mm-hmm. is as a, as a song, like, what that represents and what that means, you know, like, mm-hmm. it was just, so I had a few moments where I just chuckled to myself because I was like, oh, y'all don't even, you don't even And, and I it. love so. this unapologetically Black Beyonce who, oh, you know, I, yeah. like, since formation and all these other things, how she's, like, really, like, putting things that, like, kind of coded in a way that, like, School Days was kind of, like, coded. Like, School Days was a movie mm-hmm. for us. Like, it was mm-hmm. very specific. And so, like, how this performance was, like, a celebration of HBCU, HBC life, Greek life, Black culture, like, and to see it on this stage and like, you know, it was streaming. So a lot of people, you know, got to see it. And again, I'll go back and watch the whole thing later, but um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it was, it was very awesome. But yeah, I can't help but chuckle. And I think a few other people, you know, too, are like, you know, kind of like we get, we get this. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) And and so, yeah. Um, Yeah. So that was, yeah it was super black and it was beautiful and yeah it was it was terrific and it was I mean and it was one of those things where I was like 
I, you know, I, I was, I started to watch it and I was like, okay, I'm going to watch as much of this as I can. And then I was like, oh, I think I'm, I think I'm just going to keep watching. Yeah. It was like, I'm just going to sit through the whole thing. Yeah, she did some of her, her great songs too. And then like, yes, Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child yep. And then her sister, that was actually really cute. There's a whole, like towards the very end, first of all, and can we just address the stamina of a woman who is, like, how old is Beyonce now? 40? She's not quite 40, allegedly. But she's, yeah, she's, she's in her she's, late 30s. She has three she's children. Approaching. And, she's approaching. Yeah, she's approaching. She just had twins. People are saying, like, she looks amazing. Like, okay, she stopped for water, like, towards the end, pretty much after, like, over an hour of performing, like, straight. Like, she's a robot. And well, crazy. towards and they're the like, end. I think like, that was only like a stunt to show, like, oh, all this time, like, you haven't seen me take a water break and costume changes and not out it. of breath. And they're like, Jay Z performed for like five minutes and he was already out of breath. Where she has, like, of course, you know, did all this, like, even like Cardi B performance, like, she's like pregnant and everything. And she didn't even, you know, like, she's also 25, whereas Beyonce is like probably, you know, like 30, you know, like, she's older than yeah. that. So it's like, Beyonce, you know, like I said, I am not in the beehive, but I um, applaud hard work. And she is like sure. a hard worker and a ultimate, like the ultimate, like entertainer. Like she, the ultimate entertainer. I mean, it's just, I mean, because I like again, like I, I'm sort of yeah, very much like a periphery. Yeah, Beyonce I'm a casual. Like, I don't, Beyonce, fan. very casual, mm-hmm. but I. I started watching it. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I watched all two hours, like, in one sitting. And it was mesmerized by it. She's such an amazing performer. Mm-hmm. And like you said, it was well towards the end. I mean, there might have been maybe 15 minutes left in this, like, close to two-hour performance. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, like, Solange comes out. And, like, they do this whole cute little, like, you know, um, like, kind of, like, tribute to 90s dance moves mm-hmm. <laughs> together, you know? Like, this cute little sister act thing was adorable, but it was also, like, super high energy at what, again, was almost the end of this, like, marathon performance. Um, So, just, yeah, bow down. That's what she says. And we're like, you do. And, like, you know, she gives something different. Like, that was unexpected. No one expected that. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, so I was like, go. And I was like, I hope everybody enjoyed you know this past week's performance because next you know this upcoming weekend they're not streaming her performance so oh really mm-hmm. is it going to be any different i'm thinking it will be different because um, okay well yeah i'm thinking it will be different because everyone's kind of seen what she did now everyone's seen this mm-hmm. one right yeah and so that's the other thing i was like she's doing like probably two different like things you know, so like, you know, she, you know, everyone was disappointed because, you know, she had them babies and had to cancel, you know, headlining last mm-hmm. year. And she was like, oh, I'm going to give it to you and more. Right. Like, you know, I had my, mm-hmm. the braids in for a while. Like, you know, I've been. <laughs> yeah. Someone said like, yeah, when she put them braids in, you know, she working on something because she. <laughs> Oh, and work she did because yes. I was just again like I it's <laughs> so ma- so many times throughout the show I was just like how is she not like it is like she's a robot like it is like how you are like because you're not even like glistening you know what I mean 
like you haven't even broken a sweat, but you are like, con and you're like singing live, like you're not. Everything's, you know, like it was. I, yeah, yeah. She is a professional. She has. If you've seen like tapes of her when they were younger and stuff, like this is what she wanted to do, and mm -hmm. she was willing to like put in the work and sacrifice because this is what she wanted to do. And now she's doing it. Now she's at like her own level now like she is Beyonce and so like you know she's you know she's like in her own little place and it's like she's still giving everything like she's not like mm -hmm. you know giving those Mariah Carey type performances you know she's mm -hmm. giving it mm -hmm. everything so you know kudos to her and girl kudos yeah man child girl child Get on with your bad self, girl. Man. Man. Yeah. Ooh, I just need, like, a fifth of that energy. Shoot. I Man, I mean. Of that energy, and yes, Oh, Beyonce. my gosh. I would be fabulous. You go, Beyonce. Go, Beyonce. That was, yeah, no, it was, it was great job. Yeah. Magical. And, again, like, as an Magical. HBCU grad, I was very, you know, excited to see that. Apparently, like, her dad, I think, attended the HBCU and is Greek. So, yeah, so she grew up around, you know, that kind of thing. So, mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, and it's very much, like, Southern culture, like, you know, too, with, like, all the mm -hmm. stuff in HBCU. So, like, yes. yeah, so I was, like, very happy to see that. So, yay, Beyonce. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so that is the wait. Tell me everything. Awesome. Short and Very to the good. Point. Yes. Okay. Yeah, it really was two opposite topics for you on wait. Tell me everything. What? Lauren Hilton. Yeah, <laughs> Lauren Hilton. Like, good. Like, you know, high standards. Like polar opposite. To I'm gonna show up two hours late and remix every song to like you don't. We're to the point where you don't even know what song this is anymore. <laughs> then she'll start off a song for five minutes. Like, what is she singing? Well, oh gosh. What? Oh, okay. Is it that? Okay. Hmm. Well, sounds right. Okay. Yeah. Mm, Lord Jesus, bless her heart. Bless, bless her heart. Her heart. Mm. Po Yeah. Pocha. That Marley messed her up. I was like, I'm just going to blame it on the man. That Marley yeah, just messed her up. Did he mess her up? All right. That's so, it for that personal. Let's get personal. What you got going on? Personal. Um, what do I have going on? Um, I, you know, I don't have a whole lot going on. <laughs> I, um, I will say this. I am very excited because I'm almost at the end of my physical therapy. Mm -hmm. I have three sessions left tomorrow and yeah, I think tomorrow and then two next week and then I'm done. Um, and I'm up to running um, like 10 minutes, mm -hmm. which is very exciting for someone who hasn't gotten to run for two years. Mm -hmm. Um and I'm feeling pretty good and really strong and really excited about, like, I'm a little, like, scared of mm -hmm. leaving PT. First of all, can I just say, PT is great. And I get, like, why, like, athletes, like, real actual professional athletes are, like, so 
um, good at everything that they do. Because not only do they, like, their whole life is dedicated to, like, you know, working out their body and being, like, in... I'm really trying to figure out where you're going with this, but go on. I'm like, where is she going with this? Okay, go ahead. Listen. Okay. Because, you know, like, as an athlete, you have to, like, you know, you do... You're putting your body through all this stuff to do whatever it is that you're tasked to do, whether it's Mm -hmm. run fast or throw, you know, throw far or whatever it is. Um, (laughs) And and it's taxing on your body. And so... But, you know, professional athletes have, like, a whole army of, like, physical therapists whose only job it is is to keep your body like a fine-tuned machine. Like, mm-hmm. you have PT sessions after every workout, you know, like, you're always getting stretched out and all this stuff. And that is honestly the best part of PT because it is really hard work. You go in and, you know, the thing, you know, in my case, it's my Achilles heel. Like, you go in and you do all the like exercises and the balancing and all this stuff that's really taxing on, you know, that the, the uh, injured, you know, part of your body. Um, So you do all that and it's hard work for like about an hour. Um, But then like you get to lay on this little table and your therapist comes over and asks you how that went. You kind of evaluate like your performance and all that. And then you get a little massage and it hurts. Like, it's definitely, like, deep tissue, like, mm-hmm. where, you know, it's not, like, Swedish massage, but, like, you know, you get, but, like, they work out that, like, all the kinks that you just sort of worked into your, you know, injury. And you get a little, like, little um, laser treatment, a little, like, stimulation treatment, an ice pack. I mean, it's, like, a little, like, 20, 30-minute, like, spa mm. moment. It's lovely. Um So while I am not a professional athlete, I really would like to have a regular physical therapy session. Uh, (laughs) Okay. Just available to me, like professional athletes have available to them. Sure. But since no one's paying me to go for my three-mile run Mm -hmm. that I'm working my way up to, Mm -hmm. um, that's not going to happen. Right. A little sad. Um, <laughs> but anyhow, I'm super excited because I feel like when we started the podcast uh, back in January, like I was at the very top of this whole thing, like going in to get the procedure that was going to hopefully help my heel heal. And, um, and, you know, apprehensive about whether that was going to work or not. And, you know, but really hopeful. And so I feel like we're sort of like, um approaching the middle to you know like towards the middle not quite to the end of this whole journey um of getting better and getting um getting back to whole um which again is is really significant for me i really do want to be able to get back out and run um and have that be a regular part of my routine and all of that all that that kind of connects with in terms of body image and weight loss and all that sort of stuff that mm-hmm. um has been sort of put on hold because I've been injured so right. um so yeah and um as um I'm sure Americans across the nation are aware this past Tuesday was tax day yeah. oh man now I have to say I have a great tax guy and we did really well and we whittled down and itemized as much as we possibly could um but somehow i still owed like a little bit of money to the federal government i'm getting money back from the state not a whole lot 
um, and still owe a little chunk of change to the federal government. I mean, I just don't understand how that's even possible. Like, have someone who makes not that much money <laughs> and, like, who has a great amount of money taken out of their check mm-hmm. can still have, somehow owe anything at all. Like, it's just mind-blowing to me. And it's such a painful process every year. I'm like... Mm. I put it off to like the very like I only just did my taxes like last Friday, um, so I I mean I'm I didn't quite wait to the last day but pretty close because it's always the same thing like I always oh I I've had one or two years recently where I've broken even and that was a relief, um, but for the most part I always owe something so I'm never in a rush to get it done because. Right. Like me either. What? It's kind of like all of those, you know, all of us like single people who make a all the single ladies. yeah oh, single amount ladies. of money. It's like I'm not I'm not getting any money back. So like mm-hmm. if I do, it's not a whole lot. Like people are like funding all these things with their tax money. I was like, that has never been my life. That's never been my mm-hmm. life. So yeah, like you know, my dad was an accountant, so when he was alive, mm-hmm. like I would, you know, just I would get my taxes done early because he had clients all mm-hmm. the rest of the time. So I was like, here, do mine first, so mm-hmm. that I can get this out the way and like not have to get caught up at the end. But now mm-hmm. I'm like, I wait until the very last moment, and like mm-hmm. I literally did them. I think on the seventeenth, like that morning, like I woke up, I ended up going to work late. <laughs> And I, like, literally was up, like, all morning doing it. <laughs> so, like, it took like, a good two, three hours. And I, like, you know, just knocked it out. But I was just like, um, yeah, 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 yeah. So, um, yeah, yeah it's it's no fun. Yeah, and I'm getting a little it's bit of money fun. back from one and, like, oh, the other, which is always the case I'm just like just tacking on to whatever I owe from you know whatever right, right exactly. so <laughs> the running bill yeah, the run- put it on my tab yeah I talked to like them I think the feds like last week or something I was like yeah you know you're you don't have I was like no I do pay y'all because like it doesn't pay to not pay y'all <laughs> so I was like yeah uh-uh. yeah like you're uh, y'all always gonna get your money you know it um so yeah that was fun but yeah like you know, with tax season, that always, you know, reminds me of my dad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like, again, yeah. all my years of helping him do taxes and the year before, you know, the year he died, like, helping him, like, get through all of his, you know, he still had to do all of his clients' taxes before he would go to the hospital because it happened, like, right around the tax yeah. deadline and like mm-hmm. giving them all, making sure while he was in the hospital like making sure they picked up their um you know taxes and all that kind of stuff so it's always like uh, a little bittersweet time but and you know like me I told you it was the last year being totally yeah. ignorant of how much it cost oh, man, to yeah. get someone to do your taxes because mm-hmm. I have never paid <laughs> Yeah, you had your own personal yeah, tax man. Yeah, I never paid before, and so I went to the people, and so I was like, oh, yeah, my tax is blah, 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 and I was just like, you charge how much to do my little taxes? I ain't got no money like that. I was like, this is mm-hmm. like a straight-up simple return, so I was like, mm-hmm. you charge how much? I was like, I can do this myself. I've been doing this all my life, so I was like, no, thank you, and so... <laughs> 
will do this on my no thank you it's so, like yeah, no it's thank like, you no thank you and so it was just like crazy to me so I was like that just blew my mind like last year and people were like yeah, yeah. that's how much it costs like and I was like oh my god girl no mm-hmm. so yeah so that was funny so yeah tax time mm-hmm. you had anything yeah. else no, that's pretty much it. Like I said, it's, it's, there's not a whole lot going on in my life, and I didn't. I don't have any uh, film or TV recommendations this <laughs> uh, this week. Okay. Um, um, you know, we already talked about what I spent most of my time watching, which was uh, Be Jealous. So there you go. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So me, like, you know, my phone decided it wanted to stop working, <laughs> which you know, for a real estate agent, is really like. Not good. Not good at all. And I just, you know, I hate buying phones. I think the last time I bought, when I bought my last phone, I was going out of the country. And so I was like, I can't be out of the country without a phone. So yeah, with a bootleg phone. Yeah. So I was like, I went and bought a phone. And so I was like, so the same thing happened. I like really, really tried. But it got to the point where. I couldn't do my job because I need my phone to open doors to houses and yeah. and I, you know people would call me and I could the touch screen wouldn't work I couldn't answer the phones so I'd have to call people back and talk to Siri to call it it just became girl you called me and tried to talk to me yesterday I was like if this phone call calls, cuts off one more time and sure enough yes <laughs> it, I, I was, was like, like all right. okay I was like yeah we ain't gonna talk to Tia no more because apparently my phone don't want to talk to her and then it was yeah. sending you little like heart messages oh that was trying to FaceTime you so whoever the last person I was like, like one was like a fellow agent and I was like it like started FaceTiming her and I was like no like, <laughs> in the bed inappropriate like what is happening here so yeah they would just call people and text people i actually put like a little somebody text me i was like what does the little question mark mean on the text i was like i did not mean to do that my phone acting crazy my phone just sending message i was like okay we can't have this my phone had like a box I was dying. I was like, why are you sending me? The best was you sent me little, like, kissy, like, lip prints. I didn't even even see that. I was like, what are you talking about? Me and Phil were sitting up, like, watching television, and you're, like, texting me, like, um, why are you sending me heart emojis? I was like, I'm not sending you, like, kissy face. What are you talking about? I don't even have my phone in my hand. My phone was, like, on the, like, um, TV tray. I didn't even have the phone in my hand when this was happening. Oh, I was dying. I was like, Kristen, you know, it's okay to open up and just tell me that you love me. And I was like, <laughs> again, and, like, and of course, you like, if you don't keep the things, like, it doesn't stay. So I don't even see that that happened. On my phone. Yeah. No, right. And it's, it was. It was that kind of, you know, that's the digital touch thing, you know? Um, and so it was one of those. So those do actually disappear. Like you, you can the the way that they work is that you send them, and they're like just there for the moment. And then once you see them, like you, the receiver has to s- save it if you want to keep it. Otherwise, it kind of like self destructs or whatever. So, yeah, and oh, girl, like a, to another agent I worked on a deal with, it sent like fireworks to her. So I was like, thank God it didn't send like the kissy face. <laughs> <laughs> it just felt like a mess. I got to take care of some other stuff, but on today, I need to go get this phone situation 
worked out before people like call me before the Georgia uh, Real Estate Commission for like sexual harassment or whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know what's happening right now. So it was insane. Ah, that is terrific. So what did you get? Oh, oh, you know me. I can get nothing good. I just got a seven. I got like the last available thing that I could get. Okay. So yeah, I just got a seven and I'm like, I didn't want to get that. Like if I could have got the, the six was like the, the same amount. So I was just like, whatever. I just need a phone. I don't care. And oh, what I noticed right when we were getting ready to tape is that the seven doesn't have a phone, a, um, a jack for the headphone. Oh, because so, is, is that did they start that with the seven? I thought that was yes, the eight. Okay. No, so I'm like again, I mind my business. I don't care what you other people are doing with all these fancy phones. I get you know I keep a phone until I have to get rid of it. That's mm-hmm. my deal. You know me. I'm like uh, mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't care about phone. As long as it works, it's fine. And once it starts work, even when it stops working, I'm still like in denial about it as you can see for the last few days um (laughs) so i'm like literally forced to do something and so right before we get get ready to tape i'm like all right i'm ready let's go i go to plug in my headphones to the phone Mm -hmm. and there's no no jack Uh -uh. and so i'm on google like how did what what's up with the <laughs> Oh my gosh. And so luckily, like I think I left the um box in my car and I was like, I'm not going downstairs, it's cold outside now. Um so I was like, okay, well, I do actually have another adapter that I bought got months ago. So I was like, okay, I have that. So I plugged that in. It's on the dock, the lightning dock, and there's a headphone thing here. So luckily I wow. made it happen, but I was just like, are you for real? Yeah. I was like, I don't want no Bluetooth headphones. I'm not that fancy. I was like, I'm not fancy. I'm not technologically savvy. <laughs> I don't, I still don't understand the cloud. I don't oh, Lord, you in the stuff. cloud. I don't, oh, whatever. So, yeah, so that, that's been the big thing today. And the thing yesterday you kind of alluded to, I got to keep some of my favorite children. So That's much right. fun. So fun. Um, their babies. mother had a business meeting and their dad was still out of town. So Aww. got to hang out with them and eat and talk mm-hmm. and laugh. And they're so sweet and lots of cuddles. And But the funniest thing was, you know, like, I'm not used to, like, you know, bedtimes, like, the God girls, like, literally put themselves to bed. Like, they mm-hmm. get tired, and they're like, I'm going to bed. And so mm-hmm. I don't think about, like, or if it's the weekend, they don't have bedtime on the weekend. It's kind of just like, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's a free fall. That's kind of their um, reward for, like, all the stuff mm-hmm. they're doing. And so I um, didn't think about, like, their bedtime. Like, I know she told, their mom told me, like, you know, kind of, like, their bedtime, like, they, you know, by the time she gets back, they should be in bed. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't really paying attention to time because I was working, and we were just, like, chilling on the couch. Mm-hmm. They had tablets, playing with toys, quiet, chill. And so all of a sudden, I was like, oh, your mom should be back soon. So the big girl was like, um, so we're just gonna stay up and wait for mom to get back? <laughs> and I was like, oh, you're supposed to be in bed. What? And so I was like, okay, bedtime. She's like, no, 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 no,
<laughs> and I'm like, oh no, you should have kept your mouth shut. <laughs> Man, she told on herself. I was like, you should have kept your mouth shut, but you said something, so now we gotta go to bed. So I like literally dragged. Man, you were baby- a bad babysitter. Just got the hey, babies up. No, my job. Is to keep them alive. <laughs> that is my mantra. Has been for the past twenty years of me, twenty plus years of me keeping other people's children. I was like, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to do anything death- detrimental, you know, in terms of their character. But I was like, I'm not <laughs> doing, you know, building character. I'm not raising them. I'm just keeping them alive until they get back to you, and True. you do all of the raising. I'm just yeah, absolutely fun, Auntie Kristen. And I'm keeping them alive, feeding them, and making sure they're safe. That's my job. And so they were like, they were chilling. And so I'm sure. Oh crap! So drag baby boy upstairs, put him in bed. He was upset, but then like literally knocked out. out. Yeah, Yeah, because he'd been up for an extra (laughs) hour and a half. (laughs) He knocked out. Like man, it might have been an hour, like 45 minutes to an hour after they should have been in bed. Mm-hmm. And so, baby girl gets a story, and so I was like, grab the story. I was like, what do you want to read? So she gave me a story, which is like this like African folk tale, and she like gets on the floor, gets her little like husband pillow, and like I was like, I just be in the bed when I read your story. She's like, no, this is fine. I was like, you are running games on me, and like cookies. How many <laughs> cookies did you eat? She's like, just two. I was like, I have a feeling you ate like. She's like, did you think I? You think I ate like five cookies? I was like. I think so. I think you're running games on me. I think you had a, more than two. Because <laughs> at one point she was like, "Yeah, I think you know I'm okay. This you know for my first cookie." I was like, "Your first cookie? Are we having multiple cookies?" <laughs> That's what's happening. She's like, "This is one in a series of yeah. cookies that I plan on eating." <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> I was "Like Auntie Kristen, he's running game on you." And I told her, I was like, "I know you." Games with me, and she just laughed and giggled, being adorable. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, She's so cute, yeah. Because I have my hair, she was like, Curly hair girls. I was like, Yes, <laughs> oh, she's so sweet, yeah. So that oh, I love her hilarious. so much, I know. And so, yeah, she got in the bed and went to sleep. And literally, as I'm coming down the stairs, their mom walks in. I was like, Man. Just in time. <laughs> that is classic. And I was like, she's like, I was like, Ava's in bed. Oops, sorry. I was like, yeah, she's in bed. I was like, baby boy, he is knocked out. <laughs> and he was. He literally like went to sleep in like five minutes. That's terrific. So yeah, so it was fantastic. So have so much fun again. My friends have the most like chill children. So fun and like the easiest kids to babysit because I was like they're just super they're all just super chill so I was like I love it Terrific. so great mm-hmm. so that was Aww. my yesterday driving way up north you know the only people I would drive all the way from South Fulton to North Fulton County man seriously for, that it took me an hour and a half to get there yesterday oh man because I a got haul. a stuck in um, rush hour traffic getting up there because I couldn't get up there. I had stuff to do. I couldn't get up there any sooner. I was like, yeah. if I had known like earlier I would have, you know, got you know, headed out there before rush hour, but I ended up getting stuck in. I was like, yeah, it is. Look, you know, it took me like 30 minutes to get home by the time I got, I left up there, but hour and a half. 
I was like, gosh darn it, Atlanta. Yeah, man. And Bessie was like, well, does it make you like think of L.A.? I was like, no, because this isn't every day for me. L.A. Right. This is every day, all day long. This is yeah, like all day. rush hour. And this yeah. is me going here, which is actually really far. Like, it's, it is like really far from like where I'm coming from, mm-hmm. like from the airport there. Like, it's far. Mm-hmm. So I was like, so yeah, so like it's going to take time. So it's not like me taking an hour to go 10 miles. So, right. well, yeah, I was like, I'm good. It's still, nope, this is still better. <laughs> like, there you better. go. I was like, nope, 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 nope. Any day, every day, I will take it. All right. Uh, very good. What is happening here? I don't know. You've just stopped short. I'm trying to um close out my computer. Oh. Yeah, I hear, <laughs> I hear tapping. Yep. Wow. All yeah. right, then. All right. Well, very good. I think that this is another one in the bag. Yeah. I hope Siri doesn't come on. That's my whole thing. That's when we we stopped before because I pressed um, the home button. And like in my, you know, my old phone, I had to like press it kind of hard. So this one, of course, is new. I don't have to press it as hard to go, you know, to the home screen. Mm -hmm. So I pressed it and like Siri came on and like totally was like, what can I help you with? Hey, I didn't hear you. You know, I'm listening. What do you need? And I was like, nothing. I need you to stop. (laughs) Whoa, Siri. Wow. Well, we'll know that. We'll know if that's what happens. Yeah. So now like, (laughs) shut up. So now like, I'm like gentle, like because my, my um, phone like went to sleep so I'm just kind of like okay like gentle where I get back to the screen but not too hard where Siri comes on so it did it so yay hey I'm the best I still love that little song from this random movie oh my god that movie was it was a good movie, but yeah, I love that little song. That you do. cracks me up every time. Yes, alrighty, girl. All right, girl. Until next week. Until next week. Oh, and and next week we're gonna have um, we're gonna have a contest. Oh, okay. So yeah, I sent you a tech uh, a message about that, but I didn't hear back. <laughs> no, well, we didn't get to talk about it because your phone no. was working. <laughs> right. Because I sent you that on the way up there. While yes. I, and then my phone did not want to talk to you. <laughs> no, it really didn't. So I was like, well, I guess we're not going to talk about it today. Uh, <laughs> so, but yeah, but we are going to talk about it. And by this time next week, we will be announcing a very exciting contest for all you listeners. Yeah. So stay tuned. Stay tuned. Come back next week and find out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Our a little social- suspense. Cliffhanger. Cliffhanger. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all. All right. Until then, bye. Wait, Tell Me Everything is written and produced by Kristen and Andrea. Find us on Pocket Cast, Google Play, Overcast, and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, rate, and review to help us get the word out and get social with us on our Facebook page or follow us on Twitter and IG at Wait Tell Me Pod. 
questions, feedbacks, or something you want us to tackle, email us at waittellmeeverything at gmail.com. <laughs>